0: my name's Engelbert. This is the Sunday afternoon show for Friday, July fifth, twenty twenty. I have here with me Pastor Pat Burden from Elam Christian Fellowship in Saint Catharines, Ontario. Welcome, Pastor Pat. Hi, Engelbert. Good to be with you, man. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be a fun ride. There are a lot of people today, I think, Engelbert, that are wondering what the heck is going on. You know, we've got this coronavirus. Actually, I like President Trump's identification of it as the communist Chinese virus, frankly, uh, and it, it it's done different things in different parts of the world. It seems to have had, um, you know, differing degrees of severity, and um, we happen to know uh, because of some of our sources of information that uh, they really did uh, have different um, components in them for different places on the earth but anyway we're not going to get into that where I want to go is we're going to look at a study in the book of what the bible calls the revelation of Jesus Christ and this revelation was given to John the apostle while he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos when most uh, most um, believers feel that John was probably somewhere around 90 Uh, When he received this revelation of Jesus uh, from the Holy Spirit and God the Father and and in that on that island of Patmos And uh, so without further ado, we're just going to intro this as the book is introed by John himself Um, The only thing I would like to say is I'd like to just Reiterate that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the apocalypse It's not the book of, you know, the horrors, the book of horrors um, that sometimes people think of it as, uh, but it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's about seeing Jesus walking us through to the end of history as we know it, as far as this age on the earth is concerned. We are moving towards a new age, and that new age will be ushered in at the appearing of Jesus once again on planet earth as the scripture tells us that he will come again and he will receive us unto himself at that coming and until he arrives there are things that are going to happen upon the earth that the Lord thought that we should know about so that we're prepared and so this Is the book of the revelation of Jesus as he moves us through to the end of the age and as he reveals things that are going to happen uh, that will originate from both good and evil. So from both God and Satan and we're going to we're going to take a close look at that so that we can be prepared. So John starts by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near." You know, I, it, it's a little, um, it's strange sometimes how we see uh, biblical uh, direction and biblical information that has, has having to do with time. And we wonder, you know, hear John saying the time is near, and yet we've been in this time for uh, over 2,000 years. Um, the time, the understanding of time on earth is so different from time in heaven. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Peter says, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day when it comes to time comparison between us and heaven. I don't know if any of you have ever had um, a vision Uh, Given to you by the Lord regarding some activity or something that he wants to do Uh, some things are immediate and um, There are examples of those kinds of things in the book of Acts when uh, Peter Was waiting on the Lord and just meditating and the Spirit of the Lord came to him and prepared him to go to visit Cornelius uh, who was a, a Roman soldier, and uh, Peter was taken to his home to proclaim the gospel. And that happened very quickly. There are other times that the Lord shows us things, and it's with such intensity. Um, If you've ever... I describe a vision as when we are allowed to participate in a thought that God has. It's electrifying. It's like it's so intense that you think it's going to happen tomorrow and yet when we come out of that state when we come out of that vision state and time begins to progress we realize that whoa you know there there's something off here the timing is certainly not what we thought and i think unfortunately uh that's what's happened to a lot of a lot of us in Um, in the kingdom where we have erred because we thought something was going to happen a lot sooner than it ultimately did. But that's, you know, that's just the way it is. So even though John said the time is near, we know now that the time is nearer than when we first believed. And we know that the time would pass as Jesus said in, uh, in both Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel, the time would pass as like a woman giving birth to a child. The contractions began. I believe the contractions began right after Jesus ascended into heaven because we see a scene here later uh, that John is going to reveal to us where the seals were broken. Jesus broke the seals. And again, something has happened in heaven that is going to take a thousand years and more to sort of play out on earth, but they have been broken. And I believe that from the moment Jesus ascended back to the throne of God and to the moment that we are given privy to to see uh, through John, through this revelation of Jesus, uh the seals were broken by jesus and now uh those contractions began but they were very light they were uh sometimes um uh when when my wife and i had our our first child we were schooled on what was called braxton and hicks contractions and they're sort of not not real but uh they, they sort of mimic um, real contractions. But when the real contractions start, uh, at least in our experience, they were very light uh, and they were very far apart. And, uh, and I believe that ever since these seals were opened, uh, things began very lightly with the invasion of Jerusalem by Rome in 70 AD and wars and rumors of war. It all started. It all started, but it, but it has been ongoing since Jesus went into heaven. But the seals have been opened and now I believe we are witnessing the, the greater intensity, the closer together the, tra- the contractions are happening. And so things are now accelerating. And, um, and certainly when we see what's happening around the world, I think it bears witness to that reality. So, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Well, we know that's our Lord. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, that really, that could more correctly, I think, be translated as, and from the sevenfold spirit. Who, are, who was before the throne. There are seven predominant, if you will, characteristics in the, of the Holy Spirit and uh, those are outlined for us in Isaiah's, uh, the book of Isaiah, uh, the spirit of wisdom and the fear of the Lord and um, etc. You can look that up. <clears throat> and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, And the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood you know this is one of the most important themes i would say the most important theme in scripture that we who have been brought to jesus because we were brought to jesus you didn't willfully come if you willfully came and you thought it was a good idea uh, to come to jesus then Something may or may not have happened. As a matter of fact, if you read the the parable of the sower um, the sower, Jesus outlined how how people come differently and Respond differently to the message of the kingdom of God some came with great emotion uh, You know and but didn't last long Uh, some came though and they were they were engrafted, if you will, with the seed of the word of God and, bear, and began to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And those are those who will will stay, will go the distance, will, will stand and bear fruit as time goes on and as they endure in their walk with the Lord. But it all begins at the cross. I think I mentioned this before. I had the privilege of living in East Africa and Uganda back in the early 70s and um, not long prior, not long prior to me getting there, uh, there was a revival in East Africa that basically affected um, many, many parts of the world. It um, uh, It was known as the East African, the East African revival and one of the key, uh, pieces of literature that people attributed the revival to was a book written by a man named Roy Hessian. And the, uh, the, it was a small book and it was titled Calvary Road. And it was all about what Jesus did for us when he walked the road to Calvary and ultimately gave his life as a sin offering to his Father on our behalf. You know, I, I, um, I often uh, say that the, the New Covenant, the New Covenant was not made between Jesus and us. The New Covenant was made for us, but it was not made between Jesus and us. The New Covenant was made between God the Son and God the Father. And Jesus laid down his life, gave his life. He said, Father, if there be any other way, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And Jesus gave his life, and he was crucified, and shed his blood, and sealed, and sealed an eternal covenant between him and his father, a covenant that could not be broken, A covenant that would be everlasting and we have been invited into that covenant and to participate in that covenant and it was the strength of that covenant is the strength of the power of the blood of Jesus and I would just like to say to anyone now if you have never asked Christ into your life if you want to participate in the covenant that Jesus made for us with his father, then there's no better time than now. You can come to Jesus by faith. When, when Roy Hessian, I read Calvary Road, and he talks also in that book about our own sin and our own journey to Calvary. And when we come under the conviction of our need for a Savior by the power of the Holy Spirit, the only place that we can come to be relieved of that conviction of sin is to the cross of Christ. And as we ask Jesus into our hearts by faith, and we petition from Jesus the cleansing of his blood, then something transformational happens within our lives. We are changed from within and it manifests itself in our walk, in in the way we live. We change. If there hasn't been change in your life, having come to Jesus, then I would question whether something really happened between you and Jesus, because there must be change. That's why Jesus died. He died to transform us. He died to change us. He died to make us sons and daughters of God and that we together with him would be heirs of eternal life and heirs with him in the kingdom of his father and ours. Hallelujah. And, has, and this is where uh, John reiterates again that because of the shedding of the blood of Jesus, He goes on to say, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. You know, I just heard an amazing thing this week. There was apparently a a huge thunderstorm both in Argentina, I think, and Brazil or... Bolivia. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure which one. Uh, but one gentleman shared that there was a strike of lightning that lasted 17 seconds. Can you imagine watching a strike of lightning? And it was huge. It was huge. It was like it ripped apart. The, it ripped the, the, the heavens apart. And, and it lasted for 17 seconds. Folks, that's a little taste of what we're going to see when Jesus comes back. Because he said, like as the lightning shines from the east to the west and, and, and brights, brightens up the whole sky, we're going to see, as it were, a, a strike of lightning. It's going to open up. The skies are going to open. The heaven is going to open. And we're going to see Jesus coming forth out of heaven on a white stallion, the Bible tells us, and all of his company with him as he comes back to planet Earth to abolish evil on planet Earth for a thousand years. And there's going to be a millennial reign of Jesus upon the Earth. And man, that's when we're going to live in the reality of the wolf lying down with the lamb. And uh, the... the. Uh, um, the adder children playing in adders nests and not being bitten by venomous stakes. Uh, there's, there's going to be a new era. There's going to be a new millennium and it's coming guys. It's coming. We just have to wait this out. And I don't believe it's that much longer. I would, I would actually say on the very, very outside that Jesus will probably be back to planet earth within 20 years. But a lot of people are saying sooner than that. I'm just sort of giving a a, 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 a generous uh, a generous stroke of time here, even though in my heart I believe it's probably a little less than that myself. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation. See, we've been in tribulation ever since Jesus left. Actually, ever since he came, his disciples were in, the, in tribulation with him. Actually, the book of Hebrews says that since Jesus is appearing, we have been in the last days, but I believe now we are in the last of the last days, if you will. I think we're, we're very quickly approaching what the Bible calls uh, Jacob's trouble. And the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is not a day of rejoicing and and, uh, and 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 mirth and all that kind of stuff. It's a day of darkness. It's a day of of gross tribulation. It's a day that will be etched in our minds. I don't know. I don't know if it can be etched in our minds for eternity because. Some of the stuff would keep us from enjoying heaven if we remembered some of the stuff that's going to go on. But I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun, shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write these things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches." Isn't it interesting when the the apostle, who a lot of us refer to as the apostle of love, John loved Jesus more than anything else in life. Uh, it was very demonstrative throughout his life, and, and evidence was given in his relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with him. Does that mean that Jesus loves people more than others? No, I don't think so. I think, though, what Jesus loves is he loves to respond to hearts that are yearning and longing for him. And uh, some of us yearn and long greater than others. I don't don't understand what that is. I can't tell you what that is, but Jesus said this, to whom much has been forgiven, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And I think he said that in John's Gospel. So there's something about, uh, there's some sort of correlation between the realization of how much Jesus did for you, how much it meant to have your sins forgiven, and your capacity to love Jesus. Somehow there's a correlation there. And John must have realized just how wonderful the Savior was. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And he leaned his head on the breast of the beloved at the final supper they enjoyed together, that Passover meal that Jesus said, I have longed to eat this Passover with you. But that same John, who was so intimate with Jesus on earth, turned to see who was speaking to him. And the glorified Son of God was in his midst, and he had no... Uh, no, no bearings, no, um, no frame of reference to, uh, to stand, to realize, to to absorb what he was seeing, and he saw the glorified Jesus, his glorified Savior, and it was so overwhelming, so majestic, so glorious, so awesome, that he fell on his face as though dead. Wow. I just, I, that, that it just blows my mind. I, I can't wait. We are going to see that Jesus that John saw in this, in this vision, in the Isle of Patmos. And we'll probably, the first thing we will probably do as well, will be to fall at his feet and to worship him. And to, to worship him as God manifest in the flesh, God most high, hallelujah. What a great moment that will be for each of our lives. We cannot lose sight of that because that is such a great and awesome promise to see Jesus. And, uh, and then after seeing Jesus, just typical of Jesus, when he appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he put his hand on John's uh, shoulder and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of me. I'm your savior. I'm the lover of your soul, John. And I am he who lives and was dead. And then the angel of the Lord says to John, write the things which you have seen. So John is now being commissioned with what's going to be in this book of the Bible called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are. So there are going to be things in this book, things that John has seen. There are going to be things that are, that are happening, that are taking place right now. Um, and, And in this, in context of this, Jesus is about to dictate to John letters to seven churches. And those are the things that are now, although I believe they also have application throughout the church age. But that's, that's another story. So, but those are the things that are happening now. And then he says, and the things, the things which will take place after this, after what? after this moment, after this time with John, after this date, there are going to be things that Jesus is going to reveal. Jesus will be revealed in these things. And uh, that's that's what we have to have our focus on, guys. The things that are coming down the pipe, we don't want to, we want to see Jesus in them. We don't want to see the devil all over the place. Jesus, yes, he's warning us, he's giving us insight and he's preparing us for some of the things that Satan is going to be doing. And thank God he's done that because we know he's a cunning foe. But Jesus has shown us things that will enable us to prepare ourselves for what we're going to see. And so then he begins to dictate his letters to the seven local churches. So here I'd like to just bring this to a close at this point. And I'd like to invite you to meet with us again next Sunday, the Lord willing. And we're going to look at these letters to the churches and ask the Lord to speak to us regarding our own condition. Let me just say this before we close. The Lord showed me something very profound in these letters and made me realize something. We are not capable of assessing our own spiritual condition. We're not. We deceive ourselves very easily. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, I do this, that, and the other thing. I do my Bible study. I do, no, well, it, that's great. Those are good things. But Jesus sees things that we aren't capable of seeing because he's the son of God and he's the chief apostle of the church and we're now as we get into these letters we're going to see jesus revealing things so that the church can truly know what's going on and the condition of their own hearts so that they might repent so that they might and those people that say repentance is over in the kingdom of god you've got to be your idiots repentance is never over I've got to repent almost every day of my life because a word is hastily spoken or something happens or uh, who knows what. But as far as I'm concerned, repentance is an ongoing attitude of heart that all of us as believers should have because there are none righteous, no, not one, only him and the only righteousness that we have is his that has been imputed to us. And there's always needs in our lives and we're gonna find that out when we check into the letters of the seven churches. Thank you for being with us. God bless you, amen. The show is produced and edited at Elam Studios in St. Catharines, Ontario. Location recording equipment is provided by Long and McQuaid. The Sunday afternoon show is produced and directed by Pat Burden and hosted on the LNJID radio, lnjid.com. Distributed and hosted on Anchor Radio, the show can be heard on the following platforms. Anchor Radio, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Thank you for joining us.